Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It was, it was a shock to the system, you know, because I'd always been around my family and my friends and I'd moved away and I hadn't really, I was like sat there at night and I was living in a place under the shop with like no windows, mate, at the Champions League, which was just ridiculous, mate. Like it was just insane. Like I was literally speaking to De Bruyne on the pitch at the end of the game, just casually. I've genuinely had people who, when I first started, used to try and ridicule for me for it but they're in my DM requests now. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. that's just the way life goes, isn't it? This week on the 490 podcast, we speak to Man City presenter, Twitch streamer, and EAFC content creator, FG. We speak on how he became one of the fastest growing EAFC Twitch streamers and YouTube creators, and went from watching Richard Dunn in the stands to playing FC with Rico Lewis. We also speak about the highs and lows of content creation and what he's got coming up this year in EAFC. This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. This is an episode you do not want to miss. Welcome to the 490 Podcast. Welcome to the 490 Podcast. And Richard, I don't know about you, but we've got a great episode today. The man who's the jack of all trades in gaming and esports and even presenting now. Yeah, absolutely. Over 700,000 social media followers, Man City's one of Man City's leading presenters on Match Day Live. And if you were to build a content creator from the ground up, it would look like this man right here, the one and only Faraz FG. Welcome Wait, to the Thank you, 90. guys. I didn't know I had that many followers, by the way. That's pretty mad. But yeah, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Well, welcome to the 490 podcast. We always kick off with a pre-match drink, all right, ahead mm-hmm. of the 90 minutes. We've brought your drink, if you want to grab it for Absolutely. us. Absolutely, um, yeah. Some would say this is the typical sort of streamer juice, maybe. You know what it is, right, with a can of Coke? You can't go wrong with it. So, literally, before I'm working, I'll always have the sugar. So, I'm going to have a bit now, you know. So, are you, a, you know, full sugar Coca-Cola man? Oh, or? absolutely, yeah. You either go hard or you go home, right? I'm not going to have Coke Zero. <laughs> There's no need for that. So, thank you, guys. Um, what have you gone for this week? I mean, it was a, a nice coffee last week. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's getting cold now in winter. So, it's the same coffee, the same substance, but... Just hot, so it's an Americano for me. What do I dare to ask what you've gone from? Is it something orange this week or not? It's not. I've gone for something a little bit different, a little bit left field. We've stepped into November and we've stepped into a little bit of Volvic Touch of Fruit strawberry flavour. Well, that's not bad, you know. It's not bad. I feel like a juice would have been better, though. That's someone that just doesn't. I know people that drink that that just can't drink normal water. I can drink normal water, but sometimes I like to flavour it up a little bit here on the full 90. So I've gone for a little strawberry number. Well, Faraz, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having um, me. In season one of the podcast, you know, we really wanted to get you on. There's a lot happening this year with FC24. We always start this podcast, I guess as many podcasts do, like where did 
Faraz grow up and, and, and what's the backstory of FG as you sort of build up to where you got to today? So obviously I grew up, majority, I was actually born in Leicester, but I grew up in Manchester, so I moved there straight away. My dad was in the police. My mum was a teacher. Um, I just, I was just a normal kid. When you look back at my childhood, I didn't do anything special apart from trying to play Sunday League. I was horrendous. Played a bit of tennis, was okay. Um, and that's it really, just... just a normal guy went out on a, on a on a Friday night in in my local area with my mates to like the, I think it, the, as exciting as it got was like a Tesco on a Friday night getting sweets, and we played FIFA back in the day like just genuinely just nothing special it was just just me growing up. Man City we're going to get to Man City yeah. probably towards the second half because uh, stay tuned Foden Grealish Haaland he's met them all he's played FIFA with most of them as well, um, but your love for Man City did that come from? Uh, a father or yeah, has it, it was, always been a family tradition? It was from my dad. So like growing up, all I can ever remember is my dad making me go to watch football. And there was a point where I think it was, this is a weird memory. We played Everton at home. Tim Cahill scored his first ever goal in English football and ended up getting sent off. We lost 1-0 and I told my dad I don't want to go to the games anymore <laughs> because we're just rubbish. And like I used to get laughed at in school by all my mates. And my dad was like, no, 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 one day he'll be worth it. One day we'll 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 win something, or you'll have good memories, and you know, like yeah, growing up as a city fan, it was probably the best time of my life because going to football then you didn't really expect much, and as I grow like older, I've made friends for life from going to football for years and years, getting a point away from home was class, scoring a goal at some point under Stuart Pearce was class, but yeah, shout out to my dad, mate, he's the reason he got me a season ticket so young, and and like he paid for all of my away games when I was when I was a kid and stuff, and. Yeah, I owe it all to him. So you were probably a little bit were you too late for Main Road? Uh, yeah, so like I went to Main Road once, but I was I was too young. Like I can't remember. So your dad were in the heyday. Yeah, Main oh Road. mate, my dad's my dad's got stories for he's been a fan for sixty five years, so wow. he's got. Would Would you say that was like an area of your life where you probably got to spend the most time with your dad as well? Yeah, football? absolutely, because my dad worked away, so my dad was actually in London in the police, and we were in Manchester. But every weekend we would go to the football, and we've like luckily enough for both of us, we've kept it that way. Even our work at football. I'll always be my, with my dad at games mm. as well. So definitely that made us closer 100% throughout my childhood, yeah. The content creator that we see today, the, the FG that is world-renowned, where did that come from? Because you, you were quite late coming into the content yeah. game. Um, before content creation, what was sort of... How were you getting by? What were the, what were the <laughs> well, job like? Yeah, I worked at Nando's okay. for the majority of my time. I worked at Spudgy Like. Don't want to talk about that. Got sacked. Long story. Spudgy Like, most popular combo on the jacket potato. Uh, it was cheese and beans, and somebody asked me to do it the other way around, and I said no, and I was on my probation, <laughs> and then that was it. So, so yeah. someone asked for beans and cheese? Genuinely, that was it. I also wore a suit to a Sports Direct interview to try and get that. <laughs> Didn't get that. Um, ended up getting a job at Nando's because of a friend called Josh. Shout out to Josh, by the way. Um, he got me a trial shift, mate. And a trial shift is essentially you have three hours to prove what you can do. Bro, I did everything. I cleaned every table I could. I was brushing like nothing on the floor trying to get this job because I had no money. So I needed it to like get the job. It was weekly pay and like, yeah, just like any other kid. Working at Nando's, getting paid on Thursday, spending FIFA points on Friday. How, on how old were you in those, in those Nando's? Um, I was 17. 17 and I was there five years, so... Um, it was part-time throughout what I was doing. And just before, I'll give it to you, Rich. Um, go to Nando's order at this point. Oh, mate, it's still the same, you know. It's a medium chicken wrap, no lettuce, perry chips and rice with a perronese. 
Perinase is the game changer. Perinase is the game. Don't, none of that garlic Perinase that they bought out now, the old school Perinase. Well, while we're on this, your, your order? My Mando's... order is a shambles. My order, if I'm Ugh. feeling, I've got, a, I've got a, I call it a naughty order. I'll go into it or a healthy order. Healthy order is just like a chicken butterfly with some rice and some broccoli. The naughty order, four fries, chips, garlic bread. Perry chips, right? Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then a double chicken wrap as well on another plate with a corn and some cold slaw as well. And then, of course, a perinase in there. That's a ridiculous order. That is there. a massive order. That. That is, I wish I could look like you. And, and then we move to Richard's order, like which is the most driest order I've ever seen. <laughs> so for about two years going to Nando's, I didn't really like the sauces. So oh. I just used to go plainish. Now I've stepped up. Chicken butterfly. Okay. Lemon and herb. Okay. Two sides. Yeah. Garlic bread. And creamy mash. No chips. Mash. No chips. Mash. You've never had perry chips? I'll tell chips. you what. I'm, I'm from the north. I'm from Barnsley. When <laughs> yeah. they had gravy yeah. at Nando's for like that six weeks, I were in heaven. I think I went three times a week for six weeks. They also do like loaded fries now, but they've got rid of red pepper dip, which I used to have all the time. Red pepper dip used to be lovely. I do like a Nando's. It's solid. Just for the context of the listener, what year when you were at Nando's? What, what are we talking? Sort of. Um, you know how I, I can't remember the exact year. But what I can remember is our meals on our breaks was ten pound, and you used to get like a wrap with two sides for that price. And wow. It's not that price anymore. It's so it was, a, quid, it was yeah. a long time ago. So um, it was yeah, it was uni day. So like just before I would started uni, when I was at college as well. Okay. Um, and honestly, mate, it was great. It was so much fun. I met so many cool people there. And and from not giving it away to the viewers, but from knowing you personally, like sort of around that time of uni, you sort of became a little bit of a hustler in some ways. Like, you know, yeah. you had little businesses going on. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And what changed from going to Nando's was to, to then creating these little small ventures that you made into massive ventures? Bro, it got to the point where I couldn't even afford a ticket for the football because I was spent like... You get paid weekly at Nando's and it's decent because gets you by, but it's a graft. Mm. You have to get like your day, is it a day rider, a weekly pass for the bus I used to get? That would be like a cost. Then, you know, I'd probably end up getting like cheeky Mackies or something like in the food court when you're there. And then I was like, mate, I want to start like actually doing something better. So I had all these ideas. Um, I don't know if we want to go into it now. Yeah, go for yeah it. so like I had all these ideas was to start my own clothing company with one of my mates and... I was like sketching stuff, drawing stuff, didn't have a clue about it. Started like learning about it when I was at Nando's and tried to save up. I saved 50 quid a week, which wasn't a lot, but it took me like a year. And then we had enough to buy hoodies, which my mates bought. So I think I, I think the first order was like 15, 15 hoodies with like a logo on. And my mates all bought them. It was literally 15. I think, I think I sold 13 of them. And I think my dad bought two of them, like genuinely, but he pretended he didn't. So I was like, all right, fair enough. And I've got more money, so we'll, we'll buy more. And it was literally just like buying and selling. Like, that's literally all it was. I didn't think anything of it, but that then became something that I wanted to do full-time. So just before lockdown, I started that as a full-time venture. Had, like, loads of footballers wearing it. Like I think it was, like, Trent wore it at the World Cup, which was, which was insane. Loads of Leeds United players wore it which was class, like, I had, like, foot asylum and stuff, like, speak to us about potentially going in the stores, and it was class. And then I opened, like, a pop-up store in London, which was the biggest thing I've ever done, moved to London. Um, it was, like, a three-month pop-up, which was with somebody from Korea, and lockdown happened. And that's when life went from back to the bottom, mate. And, and that bit 
about being in London. You told yeah. me a couple of stories from there. Like, what right. was that 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 time in London like? One, it was probably very expensive. <laughs> yeah. So you must have been nonstop, mate. It was so expensive. I didn't have any time to myself. I didn't get to see anyone, but it was it was ruthless. Like, but it was what I wanted to do. But so there was sacrifices I had to take. But yeah, London life ain't for me, mate. Like, <laughs> not being able to drive and stuff like that. Not being able to have your freedom. It's just not really it was it was a shock to the system you know because i'd always been around my family and my friends and i'd moved away and i hadn't really i was like sat there at night and i think like i had i had the playstation still and i was still in a party with my mates but i was living in a place under the shop with like no windows mate like there was a window but it was showing out to a patio which was like probably the distance between me and the back wall mate, it was so depressing massive garden oh it was huge mate. <laughs> yeah i couldn't fit my head in it you you go from 15 hoodies sold to mm. Trent wearing it at the World Cup. Yeah. For the time frame, what was that sort of like? Did it go very quickly or nah, was it a, it wasn't quick. Was it a grind? Um, it was a grind, but I, I got like a lot of help from people I knew. Like if they knew someone, they'd always, my mates would always put, put you know, put them onto something and it, it took time. Mm. And even to this day, it's sort of a bit like, did I really, like I'm looking at what I'm doing now and I think I've got like a clear method of where I want to be. With that, I felt like it wasn't really as structured as it should have been, and I probably could have done a lot, lot better if I'd have put the right things in and hadn't been stupid with spending money on stuff. And it was just like a learning phase whilst I was doing it, to be honest. Do you think when you is that something that you'd ever go back to? Now, sort of, you've you've seen a little bit more of life, you've experienced yeah. more. I'd never say never, but I've got so much respect for people who do that because mm. I know how difficult it is and how competitive it is, mate. Like I think everybody in this room is wearing like clothes from different brands. And that just shows how competitive it is and how right you've got to be. If I was to do it, I'd have to drop everything that I'd, I'm doing now, I think, and wouldn't really be something I'd do. What was, like, maybe one of the biggest, almost difficult, like, selling periods for you where you maybe invested a, a lot of money and it just... Just before lockdown, mate. Like, I lost a, so much money before lockdown because we had the pop-up store and lockdown hit. And then we sold out of our new collection, which was amazing. We did the shoot at City's Academy pitch the, the oh. images are unbelievable like sold out of everything couldn't afford new stock because we had a month of lockdown where we had to pay the rent which was extortionate anyway um and then we were getting outbid so we bought from a place called Derin textile in turkey which is like renowned and really really good quality but there was a backlog of orders so when lockdown hit there was hundreds of people buying at such and such units we couldn't afford to match them units so we were then down the pecking line and when you're left with no stop, mate, like, what can you do? Mm. Do you think that's where, because this was sort of, you weren't a creator at yeah. this point. You were just a guy who was hustling and doing it. We see a lot of YouTube creators go into clothing, try it, drop out very quickly. Can you sort of, not? can you resonate with that a little bit where you're just like, if you're making content and you're being a successful YouTuber, unless you are, like the only clothing brand that I think I see like out and about from YouTubers is that Sidemen and that's the SDMN like everyone wears it a lot of people wear it but there's so many creators Twitch streamers influencers who have gone into it and then six months later you don't really see it anymore it must be so difficult yeah it's so tough mate like it's probably the most ruthless industry like around but with that being said like everyone who has gone into it fair play to them because yeah. I think as creators I think you two will agree as well I mean both of you especially like with you guys have got your hands in many pies. Like, it's about thinking out of what we're in. Like, I could sit in my room and I could stream, but 
don't think I'd be able to have the opportunities I had now if it wasn't for thinking outside that box. Mm. So everyone who's doing it, fair play, like, but it's tough, but everything's hard, mate. Because this is an interesting one. We, we had conversations, I wanted to launch like my own merchandise ages ago and, and Faraz was like, you know, helping me. I think you were lining me up with like someone to produce the shirts as yeah. well, which I really appreciated. But I sat there as well in that moment. I'm thinking, even if anyone wants to buy this and I'm making £10 a shirt, obviously I'm not saying you go into to merchandise just to make money, but the amount of shirts I'd have to sell, it's like... For it to be successful. Yeah, like yeah. For, to go back to what Richard's point is, I think if you come into merchandise as a creator, I mean, of course you want to make profit, but that's probably not your intention. It's more just growing the brand and it's just building your name, I guess. I think that was my biggest mistake, you know, looking at money too much. Mm. Trying to make as Did you become much, obsessed? Yeah, like trying to make as much quick money as I could. Like, obviously I'd been at a point where I would like spent all my student loan and like had nothing. And then I was in this point where we were making money. I was like, I want more, I want this, I want that. If I'd have taken a step back and maybe looked at it from a long-term perspective, probably wouldn't have even gone to London for that pop-up store. Probably wouldn't even have, you know, like run out of units, etc. Because like, like you said, it's like a rat race, isn't it? And like the beauty of what I'm doing now is I don't feel like I'm in a rat race. I feel like I'm just in my own lane. And like you listen to like loads of quotes and stuff, right? We all do where we see like stay in your own lane, stay in your own lane. And it sounds so cliche, but... True. It's so true. Yeah, it's so true. Before we get on to content creation and your sort of delve into this world, at one point, were you promoting nightclubs? Yeah, I did that for a bit. Um, when so I, I seem to know. remember that yeah, yeah, you yeah. told me, and like, you didn't see each other there's a good chance we might maybe to like, towards my start, towards you ending. Yeah, mate, I did that for a bit. Again, it was sort of just a stocking filler, like, yeah. sort of. I did it with people like Dev, who's like a good mate of mine from Newcastle, who also creates content yeah. now. Um, but again, that was not really a life for me because it was not really my vibe. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Again, it was just very much for the money and yeah, not really my vibe, mate, to be honest. Lockdown comes, the clothing store, you're stuck mate. in a, a sticky position. Head's gone, mate. <laughs> like simple as head's gone. Twitch streaming, content. Yeah. Why did you start? Firstly, uh, my mates, okay. my mates all did it. Obviously, I was I was at home. Lockdown had happened. I was sat there with my head in my hands, like, "What am I gonna do?" Like, it was a tough, tough period for me mentally because I had no direction. And I remember speaking to my dad and speaking to my mates and my family, and like, mate, it was so tough because I just needed an escape, and my only escape was gaming. So genuinely, I went live. I was like to my mate and my mate Ojo, shout out Ojo, by the way, what a guy. Like, I said to him, I was like, bro, you know what? I'm just going to start playing loads of like FIFA during lockdown and just chilling. He's like, you should stream it, you know, because we used to watch Pi every night, right? And this is, this is like Pi with like his old setup, like 300 viewers yeah. spraying deodorant around the place, yeah. <laughs> going mental. It was, and we used to love it. And like, that was our escape, genuinely. And I say that to him now, like, that was our escape watching Twitch like was escape for so many people. And then I was like, and there was one night we were playing pro clubs, I think it was, and I just went live. And then my mates were like watching me and that. And I was like, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should give this a go. Why not? Because obviously I watched you as well. Like loved Brandon's streams. Like your yeah. energy was class. I think he was like, one of the, the only people watching it at the time. I, no, no, no. <laughs> sure it was popping. I remember the Simtonis. Uh, I remember when you first started on Twitch. Oh, uh, like, yeah, yeah. Well, that because like, I used to, we used to watch you, me and my mates. We'd watch Pi. You'd stream early, right? Yeah. We'd watch Pi. You'd, you used to have the sub sound. I'm losing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Loved it, mate. Like, absolutely loved it. Um, 
Started streaming and then like, mate, didn't do it for viewers, just did it for a laugh. I had one viewer every stream. I don't know if this is terms of service now, but do it, right? I had one viewer and it was me on my phone. <laughs> and you know what? Yeah, no matter what, he was there at all points. <laughs> he weren't in that chat, you know, was he? <laughs> no, no, he never said a word. It was like, I was, it, he was a lurker, but that was me on my phone. That puts you on the one viewer mark. And then my boys, you know, like James, Ojo, Kian, like all my guys were were there and then like my first ever viewer sniper he was called came came in and yeah like it, first few months i didn't have any viewers but i did it for vibes they say that on twitch though it's like a rule of thumb if you can like get to 10 20 viewers and just get into the conversation mm. it's when the game changes so if you've got 10 phones <laughs> maybe that <laughs> didn't have the money for 10 phones but i, I, I remember seeing you just on twitch and i think it was around that lockdown period as well you know, we moved over to Facebook and, and, yeah, and again, me. That, yeah. if anything, that could have been, not saying me and Richard, but a lot of bigger creators did go to Facebook yeah. and that probably opened up a lot of space and opportunity Oh yeah, for sure. Well. Like, don't get, don't get it wrong. I wanted a Facebook deal as well because I saw the money and then I was thinking, no, I can't really. Like, like it got to the point where I was potentially there was an offer, nothing concrete. I spoke to you about it, do you remember? And like, and yeah, like, I just like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to stay on Twitch. Mainly because I didn't really know how to work a computer anyway, and the thought of switching platforms would be horrendous anyway. So when you when you first started streaming, you you moved back to Manchester? Or you yeah, still, yeah, yeah. So I you moved back, back. Manchester. Yeah, yeah. And then, are you living on your own? Are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I was okay. living. I was fully on my own in lockdown. So. So any sort of income is coming in through? Well, Twitch, mate. Twitch. So it that was, was it was yeah, it almost was do or die for you. It was nothing. Can you remember your first Twitch payment? Uh, Thirty no, a hundred dollars was the was the thing, wasn't it? The threshold. The threshold. Um, it took me like six months, I think. Oh. It was like six months. I got one hundred and forty-seven dollars, I think. But there was a thing called Onyx, and you game put it, changer. You put that on to me, right? Because that was like you play an, a game and you get a free sub. Golf, got some it? decent catch out. It was like this app for those that didn't didn't know or doing. Unfortunately, it doesn't exist anymore. But yeah. basically, your viewers could literally just go on mobile apps, couldn't they? Every stream, mm-hmm. and you'd earn like five, ten cent. But if you get fifty to hundred people to every single stream, and you'd get people that would grind the app to get a free sub. Did you ever grind it yourself? Unfortunately, not. I did. On that phone, I had to, mate. <laughs> and next thing you know, you get a free sub. But for the streamer, it was a yeah. massive incentive. And if you could grind that out, that was a couple of hundred dollars a month. No, absolutely, mate. I was so, so grateful for that because that was literally, I didn't really spend any money in lockdown anyway. I was just sat at home. The first three months, I think it was like, if I went through my analytics now, I think it'd be like $30 I made, but I genuinely wasn't doing it for money. So like, when you when you sort of look back now, would you say the graph, if it was going, and then was it a very quick rise do you feel as if i if i obviously this is from my perspective you were small not small but small yeah, yeah, numbers yeah. for a while and it just exploded do you think that was the case was it sort of getting did you what did you do to help push this forward was it just being consistent grinding was it trying to collaborate with different streamers and talk to people and I making s- sure that you are present every I night streamed every day so i was there no matter what but i had nothing else to do Okay. Um, so that was like literally six times out of seven a week I streamed. So I was there every night. And to be honest, like, I think the changing point, and I always say this, is when I got raided by Frog. Okay. And um, what a legend. Like, he raided me. He didn't have to ever raid me. He sent, like, he sent over 100 viewers to me, and that was the first time I've ever had them viewers. And then, obviously, what happens with a raid on Twitch? You get a big raid, and then the viewers go. <laughs> so you sat there, and you're like, oh. But I still had 20 viewers, and I was buzzing. Yeah. It was class, mate. 
Like it was so so fun, and then and then I'd stream again the next day, and because I'd stay up and I'd build packs. Like so, we used to get like upgrade packs, and I'd mm-hmm. stay up all night and I'd sit in Discord with like some of my mates, and I'd just build packs, and then the next stream would just go again, and it was just a recurring cycle. cycle. I went for a walk in the morning, and that was it. The only daylight I got. How were you mentally during that time? Do you... um, if I wasn't streaming, I think I would have been like... In a bad place? Yeah, like streaming was the best thing for me. I would wake up, go for a walk, and then I'd come home and I'd be buzzing to stream. And like, that was it. Like that was every day I was getting up and I was wanting to stream. And like, yeah, don't get me wrong, I was missing my family. I hadn't seen like a lot of my friends and family for ages, but... The stream genuinely helped and it felt like it's a weird platform twitch because it felt like it made i made a lot of really 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 good friends through there like my my people i'm closest to like you guys as well like is like from lockdown and stuff like a lot of the people i spend a lot of time with now are the guys that we sat in discord calls till like three in the morning like we were watching like random videos on youtube i think me and adam b were watching like fights at 4 a.m or something just it was a tough time for everyone, but it was a good time for for us. I think one thing that you did as well that I picked up on from the outside on is you put so much grind in, but then you're also like so supportive to other streamers as yeah, well. Yeah. Like I know you've got love for, a lot of love for Pi regardless, but the thing that I couldn't personally do and a lot of people can't do is people just go live, end the live, that's it, good night, see you tomorrow. But like you were like going live and then watching other streamers, supporting yeah. other streamers, your face was just, and your your, your tag was everywhere, you know, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And I think if you can do that and be consistent, and I think that's why someone like yourself has had a lot of success because it's either you're all in or you're just a little bit in. And I think, I feel like you're all in and I feel oh, like just I was... always being in the conversation was massive. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, the reason I went in them streams was because then people were the people that I was watching and I, and I had a lot of love and respect for them people. I still do. Regardless of what size creator you are, if you're streaming on Twitch, I used to, I used to spend, I still do. I'll spend time going into people's streams like on Twitch because, as a streamer, the the thing that I'll never forget is the support I had, and like the people that I look up to. I'm lucky enough to now call friends, but a reason for me being in their streams was because I genuinely enjoyed them, and there's no better feeling than a streamer seeing another streamer come in your stream, and big you up. Because that's respect from someone you're doing work with. Yeah. Mm. And streaming doesn't feel like it's a rat race. Like, I don't know how it feels for you guys, but for me, it just, just feels like we're just all a few lads having fun. Mm. I agree. I think I think there is competition in certain games. Yeah, I feel as though with formerly FIFA, AFC, especially in sort of the English-speaking streamers, I can't comment on the others because I don't necessarily watch, um, but it feels as though everyone's really supportive from... Castro, Bateson, uh, Danny, people like that all the way at the top. It cycles all the way down through yourself, through Andy, um, different platforms, different streamers. Like it is not to sound like cheesy, but it does feel like everyone's sort of under the same bubble, like as a family almost. Mate, I've watched Bateson for years, right? And let me tell you something about Bateson. That man has supported me more than probably anyone ever. Like, with the with the case of if he, I know he sleeps at like nine o'clock because he's an old man, which I always say to him. <laughs> but I text him at midnight and I'd be like, with a problem, and no matter what happens, Bateson helps me out. AJ three gave me a huge opportunity going on Squad Builder Showdown, which is a series I've always watched. People like Capgun Tom, Jack Fifty Four, they did the same. But like things with Bateson, that guy's helped me like with a lot of things to do with streaming, to do with like just general advice of what I should do, this, that, and the other. 
just to do with everyday life. And like for someone that big, who's we're talking about time. Doesn't he, need like, to. He doesn't need to do that, mate. And he still does it now to other people. Like for, for someone that big, who's got that many viewers, who has a lovely family, who has so much going for him, for him to take that time out to speak to like someone like me, who at the time, I think I had 15 viewers when I started speaking to him. Like, he doesn't need to do that. And if he can do it, then why, what's my excuse? Mm. And like, yeah, mate, people like that, the biggest creators that I've spoke to, Pi, like you guys as well. Like we've had moments where we've just like, we've been chatting for hours and like, yeah, we've all got things to do, but the, the beauty of what we're doing is, is it's nice that like you said, it feels like we're all just really, really close. I think time, it, it's, it's one thing that it's very precious. And if you're giving your time to people, it feels, it feels rewarding almost. You're streaming, you're making content. At what point did you start to see monetarily wise, I might be able to do this full time. And was there a, when you're streaming, was there ever a thought of, I'm just going to do this to pass the time when lockdown's over, back to clothing? Nah, nah, nah. As soon as you started nah. streaming, it was clothing's clothing gone. was gone, mate, because okay. I couldn't afford to buy the stock and okay. I didn't want to go through that again. And I was like, nah, I was like, look, whatever happens after lockdown, I'm getting out of this. But I think the moment was, Ojo would always ring me like straight after my stream. And like there was a few streams, I think I had like 300 viewers or something. And my sub count was like 600. And I was like, what? Like that's like loads. And I was like, and then I got a sponsorship from Sneak. Do you remember when I had the yeah, Sneak yeah, sponsorship? Yeah. Like, and I and me and Ojo had this conversation and I'm just doing my own thing genuinely. Same thing, staying up every night, building packs, watching videos in Discord with my mates and then cracking on. And like, we had this conversation. He was like, mate, I think you could genuinely do this full time. So, oh, mate, come on, like, what are you on about? And then I was looking at it, and then I spoke to my dad about it, like, the next week, and I was like, wow, well, maybe I actually could do this. So then what are the next steps here? Like, and then I started to treat it properly. Then I got, like, Josh Band involved. I won a Twitter giveaway, and he gave me, like, a full artwork package. It was class. But then I started, I was in a position where I could pay him. Yep. So then I started YouTube, uh, started TikTok, sorry, and, like, you know, like, Instagram, and, and like, really focused. And then... Then it was like the second phase of lockdown where I th treated it properly. And then, yeah, like that's where I got to. But it was that moment, I think, where I had that conversation with my mates and I was like, wow, maybe I actually could. Quite a, a deep question, but I'm going to I'm gonna go there. When you, you've said you're big fans of creators. Yeah. Did you feel a sense of imposter syndrome yeah. when you were Mate, starting do. to go up those ranks and you're sort of being in with, it goes on the Twitch, pie face, yeah. Bateson, you. Still do, mate. Okay. Like, for everything I do, I feel like, what am I doing? Like, sometimes I wake up and I'm just like, like, we'll go into the city stuff later. That's like a different level. But yeah, of course. I think everyone does though, right? I think you guys do as well, mm. right? Sometimes like, we we only, I only did this because I genuinely love playing FIFA. Like, and then to be, to be surrounded by people who I've got massive love for in terms of what they do. Yeah, mate. I remember being on Squad Builder Showdown or even Team Takedown for the first time. I think stared into my screen after all beat. I probably lost. Mm. But yeah, 100% I feel it, mate. 100%. When would you say, what year was the sort of the viewership, like the, the big change of like just consistency and sort of, I would say just being in that group of core FIFA or EAFC streamers? Um, in terms of what, in terms of like my numbers and... Yeah, your numbers, I guess subscriptions, monetary. Yeah, like, I mean, it got to a point towards the end of lockdown where I had like a high sub count, which was like over a thousand. 
and then obviously I'd been sponsored by Sneak, which was good. Um, and then Boohoo Man as well, which shout out to them. They gave me a really, they didn't have to sponsor me. Like they didn't have to do that. And then, and then obviously my agency came in, Ollie, and they didn't have to help me out with that. But it was the moment where I think Man City sent me like the kits and stuff like that with Foot FG, which is my old name on the back. That was when I was like, wow, hang on a minute. Like it's pretty mad how like my football club are starting to want to do stuff with me. And it was at that moment where I wouldn't say like I felt a part of like the FIFA thing. It was more so for myself. that I was like, wow, I genuinely believe I can do this. But then it was about explaining it to my mum and dad. Like my dad had a rough idea, but my mum was like, what? Like you're playing video games. What? You're smashing your controller in your bedroom. What? <laughs> it's, it's such a a different world of opportunities now though, isn't it? You know, for kids coming through that, yeah. it's the most popular like answer, a YouTuber, a streamer and stuff, but to try and explain it to your parents, but more importantly, to get that back in as well is is amazing. Oh mate, my, my mum and dad have been amazing. My friends and family have been amazing. Don't get me wrong, like I've genuinely had people who, when I first started, used to try and ridicule for me for it, but they're in my DM requests now. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's just the way life goes, isn't it? And to be honest, I would have ridiculed me as well if I was watching myself. Like, I get it. But, yeah, like, I've had a lot of people support me. I'm so grateful for it, yeah. Yeah, when I first became a FIFA commentator, I was called the noob. Um, and I got a lot of people ridiculing me for that. And to be honest, I don't blame them. I do not blame them at all. Um, I guess moving on with this conversation now, sort of, has there been one, this is probably an impossible question to answer, has there been one streaming moment where you were like, I mean, there's two answers to this. Is like, wow, like that was the best stream I've ever had. Or two, you sort of feel like, okay, maybe I'm quite good at this. Nah, like, I mean, my best streaming moments be when I get like over 14 wins in the weekend league because I remember it forever. Like, <laughs> still that was last, week, last week, by the way. No, like the best moment for me was when I packed team of the year Messi and then the clip went viral. Mm. And like, it wasn't so much me thinking, wow, I'm actually good at this. It was more like, wow, the comments were actually really nice. And I was bad at right, like reading comments. I'm bad at that. I don't know about you Still guys. Still do it but, now? No, not anymore. Okay. But, well, that's a lie, actually. Yeah, I do do it on certain things. But like, I was bad, mate. Like, I got a lot of grief as well. A lot of grief. Because like, obviously, imagine a guy with no setup, a bed in the background, like a camera that costs £22 on Amazon. I'm pretty like, sure you used to like smash eggs on your head as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smash eggs on there for 10 subs, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Is that going back anytime soon? No, 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 no. But I am super grateful to everyone who supported me through that because they're, they're, them guys are genuinely my friends now. Mm. Like at all my mods, like we're all mates. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous like what Twitch has done. It's just like genuinely my friends like from Ireland, from America, from Canada. Like it's crazy. I've always said that as well, like... It is ridiculous. Our, like, our moderators on our channels, right? Even for me personally, someone that will sit there and watch you for oh, so many hours. Like my top mod is a guy called Ricky who's got six kids and he's never missed a stream. He's a legend. And he works full time. Yeah. Like to have that level of commitment just to your streams and stuff as well, like it's mental. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's it's actually mental. Like my moderators are the same. Like I remember, well, one of them who's closest to me is one that I see a lot more often is Liam. And he's an Everton fan and like we're really, really good friends. Like he's integrated into my group of friends. But with that being said, I've got people abroad like Zach, I've got Bambino, I've got like Benson who's in Birmingham, Gaspy or Stevio. I could name all of them. Like I, I genuinely like would do anything for them guys simply because 
of what they did for me. Mate, watching a stream for that long's mad. Like, but being interactive in that stream, timing out like people and stuff, it's just crazy. You're a full-time content creator now. How hard is it for people, maybe who are watching this, who say that content's easy? Being a YouTuber, being a streamer's easy. I mean, you can run through sort of a day in the life for you when it's not a football day, when it's just a, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to make content today. And also, like, what's some of the, the setbacks that you've had during this time? Um, well, I mean, look, it's we're lucky to do the job that we do. So, like, there's people out there who genuinely have harder jobs. And, like, I completely, like, I, I don't get angry when people say, oh, it's well easy. It's, it's there's a lot of... It's like, hard in another way. Yeah, it's hard in another way. Like, I mean, but don't get me wrong, people who've got, I would do this over any other job in the world because I see it as just lucky and we're only lucky because people buy into our content. And that's the main the main worry. Like the setbacks are, you know, posting a video that flops, getting comments that aren't good, you know, having a stream that's that's not good. Like there's loads of setbacks, but like the, it's more so about your self-doubt, I think, in this job. So when you're working in this job, the only critic you've got are the people that watch you and not necessarily all the people that watch you like you. And then it's, I've got to look in the mirror and I've got to do this. Have I done this right? Have I done that? And when I first started content, I was on my own in my room, mate. So I didn't really have people that I could, like, I could ask. Mm. Like, um, so yeah, it's it's not easy. I mean, it's something I enjoy. And if I stop enjoying it, I'll probably stop. But I mean, when people say it's an easy job, I think they, I, there is a much more difficult jobs than us. I agree. Um, I think that, don't get me wrong, that this is a, an, an incredible opportunity to work in content creation, but at the same time, it's not It's not easy. As Richard said, it's a different sort of hard, like, and the problem is when your expectations change, like viewership or following or, you know, without knowing it, you, you have an expectation that you expect from yourself to pull in yeah. this amount of views, that many followers, and from, from, a personal point of, from a personal point of view, like, it's hard not to get in your own head about it because you do, because you're thinking, thinking this is the same content. It might be better, but it's not getting the same reach. And then you're like, you're in your own mind about it. Mate, absolutely. Like you doubt yourself more than ever. Believe me, as a, as a, like anyone who's watching this, like it, there, if there's one content creator who doubts themselves the most, it's the person you're watching because they're against themselves and there's no ceiling for us. We don't like, I could have a stream where like, so like before you asked me what's my best ever stream like I don't think I've done that yet do you know what I mean like because I've still got goals and when you're still chasing something the next stream's always the best stream right? like but one thing I've changed I'm like waiting for your stream mate. when are you going live <laughs> it's coming it's coming you're right yeah you're coming out of retirement <laughs> 2024 no I think I think like yeah I mean you're, you're the your biggest critic that's the thing so the one change that I made was like treating all my viewers like my my mates, like when you go to my group chat, I get rinsed more than anyone. I get roasted more than anyone. Like, and that's just the way I've always been. I've always been that kid that everyone laughs at. Just let the stream do it now and just take it like that because it makes it more fun. You have unbelievable energy on stream. Is it sometimes hard for that to be? Yeah. Uh, when you do long streams, is that part of the? Do you ever feel like if you're not 110%, it's almost like Okay, when I feel that energy dropping, wrap the stream up. Um, at the start, yeah. Okay. But now, not necessarily because, mate, genuinely, I live for my streams. Like, I, if I'm going to go live, like, I'm excited for the stream. If I'm not streaming, I'm not streaming because of that. Yeah. Like, it's just more so 
I just love playing the games and I just like sometimes I'll have days where I can't like win a game and it'll actually get to me because I tried so hard. I think I went the other day and you were struggling big time and it Mate. was just like this guy's he's just he's not even a pro. He's like yeah. good. And it was just but, yeah, it's funny though watching it. My whole chat are like I thought you were a pro player. I'm like, lads, don't now please just leave me alone for ten minutes. It's such a different stream though, isn't it, when you're opening packs to play in the game. Oh mate. Because like I think first and foremost, playing the game and talking to your chat is a skill in itself. But like opening a pack and opening rewards and share plays is such a different vibe to, to grind in weekend league. Yeah. Like it's so different. Yeah, because everyone wants you to lose, mate. Like if I'm watching a streamer, I want them to lose. Pi, I watched him in lockdown because I wanted him to lose. And I say that to him all the time. I've played in Discord with him and he's been really good. But like, I get it. Like, but it is so hard, mate. The lights are on you. Like you're not in your room playing on your own. If I'm playing foot champs on my own, put my headphones on, listening to Bugsy Malone and just playing and winning. Not on stream, mate. Before we uh, before we get under, the halftime whistle comes in. Got a couple of couple of questions, quick fire ones. Um, present day, sort of moving forward now. Um, got some big things on the horizon um, in around the game as well. And this game here, we saw you recently with Ian Wright yeah, doing a little legend. pack opening. What was that like, being, at the, uh, being one of the official streamers who was there Mate, a dream. Like, I, like Bateson was the other one, so I'm like, what am I doing next to Bateson? Um, yeah, he right, what legend, by the way. Great pack, wasn't it? Oh, did he say it was Leon, that it was Leon or something, yeah. I think? Yeah. Um, nah, I just, I mean, that's one thing that, like, I've taken these opportunities. Like, I have so much respect for someone like that because, obviously, everything that he's done, and, mate, that was just surreal, man. Like, I've watched that cliff loads as well back because it's just class, like... Such a good opportunity, mate. Yeah, unfortunately, the pack just didn't, just didn't <laughs> deliver, did it? No, mate. No, um, no. Sort of, you know, present day, as Richard said, moving forward. Uh, touch with, you know, it should be a thing by the time it, this podcast comes out, but you're, you're joining the esports scene. You're joining yeah. ourselves. Not as a commentator. He's not come for our job yet. Maybe. 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 To be fair, you maybe. guys don't want to hear that. Yeah, um, you guys don't want to hear but that. But you're going to be involved in the FC Pro scene. Yes. Um, mate, congratulations. Mate, first thank and you. Foremost, and welcome on board. Thanks for all the help as well. Buckley, me and him have had a lot of calls. <laughs> I spoke to you about it. Like, Obviously, it's, it's again, it's sort of a little bit like imposter syndrome. I've watched you guys, and I have so much respect for what you guys do. And like I watch the pro scene, and and for the fact the fact that yeah you're liking what I'm doing and want to get me involved is just yeah I'm so grateful for it. I think you can add into it, Rich. I think the reason you come on board is not because you got 14 wins uh, in in the weekend league. Um, I just think <laughs> I did get 14 wins <laughs> by the way. I think the the ultimate team football EAFC fan base that you have got and you've you know been able to capsulate is like is massive, and I'm sure Richard would would come off the back of that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um... I don't think you are coming in for your expertise on the game. Coming in for the <laughs> 14 wins, you know. Um, I just when we were talking about you coming on board, a funny story. We did a broadcast not too long ago. I think it were the three of us, and it went on for a long, long Mate. time. I, I, oh didn't, I didn't think I'd ever. Oh my god! I didn't think we'd ever work together again. You know when I spoke to you guys about it, we'll have to give them context, right? Imagine it was lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. So this was like a, a broadcast. We won't say who it was for, of course, um, but it was long. Well, long, long. I was starving, and it was long, long, long. And I remember he was calling us. And he was saying, "What's it going to be like? Your first esports show?" <laughs> we're like, yeah, like... well, we'd only probably like four hours. I think it might have gone nine. Ah, it was like it was a good nine because I remember I run out of crisps. I had three <laughs> packets of crisps, right, and I run out of them. <laughs> the best bit. So I'll paint the picture for you. We come in, 
Broadcast starts. <laughs> FG there. Bang. Welcome. Bang, bang, bang. Four hours later, we come back from a break and it goes, uh, FG just WhatsApps me and Brandon. Yeah, I'm not coming on this bit. You just take the show over. <laughs> me, 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 me and him. We were like, I'm not sure that's what the host does. <laughs> Mate, you know what it was? I needed to move. Like, I was sat down for four and a half hours. I was like, lads, please just cover me for a minute. Because, yeah, that was a shock to the system, you know. How was it doing that You two sold me a dream before it. Like, mm. sold me a I dream I think the good thing it. is, though, is like, especially as you're coming into the live shows now in person, which is great, is just being able to experience as you have like so many different things yeah. that go well, go wrong. Like it just fills you with a lot of experience, right? Oh mate, like, yeah, we'll get onto the city stuff in a bit, but I've experienced everything there and I'm so grateful to them. And I'm just looking forward to doing it with you guys and I hope I don't mess up. Mate. Like, You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I can't wait for him against Anders. Oh, mate, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, if he wants it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll get, I got 14 wins, Anders. Now what a, what a player, what a special Special careers, yeah, he's unbelievable, so. Amazing stuff. Well, that pulls us to the halfway point in the 490. We're off for a quick break and we'll be back for the second half. Speaking about Man City, everything football and FG, you don't want to miss it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's time to kick off our second half with the man in the hot seat, FG. We've done pre-match drinks at the start of the pod. The halfway point through, it's all about the halftime snack. Mm-hmm. I mean... We've gone out and we've bought you what you wanted. Producer Dave will throw it in. Um, Thank you, Dave. Talk us through. You've gone from Coca-Cola to, to Walker Sensations. Mate, if you want a snack, right, you're getting crisps, right? And these are the best crisps that exist. They're unbelievable. And what do you say to people that say they're too hot? I feel like that's something Buckley will do, mate. He, he gets played at Nando's. Like, I feel like, I feel like Buckley I'm not great with spice. I'm not great. <laughs> mate, come on. They're not too spicy. A little bit hot on the tongue. Right, no way. <laughs> Rich, producer Dave will throw yours in. Um, Thank you, Dave. What have we gone for? Just gone for a Twix. You know, standards, caramel, chocolate, biscuit. Does a job. Last but not least. What are you going to get? Grenade bar, thoughts? A protein bar. Yeah, but that's it's, why you look like it's, that. It's more like of like this. a chocolate bar, though. That's why I look like this. <laughs> I mean, I would prefer just white chocolate. I think. Mm. I mean, it's unbelievable. Half-time snacks are locked in. Um, it's on the floor now. Forget about that. Uh, producer Dave is always coming in with the goods. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, mate. Um, Thanks, kicking off the second half of the podcast, I feel like we, we sort of ended on esports. We spoke about FC Twenty Four. You've been involved in the FC Pro scene. You are part of. Man City Esports. I remember you first got involved with the Premier League where we worked together on a few bits and bobs there. Um, what was the 
the sort of next steps on that to, to make you more involved? Because it, it always made sense, you know, there's this Man City fan there that streams, you know, Man City didn't really have that voice in the game in space other than their pro players for some time. How did that come about and how did you get on board with uh, with Man City Esports? Um, well, they sent me a shirt, they sent me the shirt first and I was like, oh, that's good. And then I did, I think it was in the game, which was an EA thing. So obviously EA opened that door and it was literally like you were sat on the sofa and I was with Kyle Walker, who I've obviously we all know and I've known him since I was I was younger. And uh, a guy called Leighton, who I met on a show, is a, is a great guy. And it was literally just us talking about football. And that was it. Like, genuinely, that was my link with, with City as it stood. And then we did, like, a... They wanted to sign me as a creator. I did, like, a photo shoot there. I was so gassed, mate. Like, didn't have a clue what it meant, but it was a, it was an unreal opportunity. And then, yeah, it just sort of just just went from there, really. There's, there's a guy at City called Will who I owe my life to, I feel like. Cam- he, cameraman, am I right as well? Uh, yeah, yeah. Cameraman, producer, part-time agent. Like he's, nah, he's literally genuine out of everything to that guy. So I think before we go on to your journey and talking to Foden and playing FIFA with Grealish and FC with Highland, um, in regards to Man City as an esports team as well, I think they are so well run. They're so professional in their approach. We've had many of tournaments with them first year of the Premier League proper event yeah. got us in sit down at the stadium I think it were in the Legends Suite just so incredible and it's almost you you expect it because what you see on the pitch but it does always relate to mm. a football club and an esports team and an arm of that club but yeah just um, the way that they run and the way that they operate and I mean I'm sure we can speak on it now the new additions to the FC yeah. team. Tex, Tex Matthias yeah. Bernano, Edu, the coach as well. Um what moves? Yeah, massive. Like like going on, going off what you said, I think that was the thing that was eye opening for me when I stepped into it and I thought, wow, I'm working with Man City, it's a dream for me. What I actually understood was that everybody who sat in the room with the esports, we've all got the same goals. Like we want to be the best. And I think that signing has proved they're both incredible players. They're both incredible people. Edu's a great coach. Teach me soon, mate. <laughs> um, but obviously, we come off the back of Ryan and Shells as well. Yeah, two great guys. Two great guys. Two of my best mates. Like and people that I've got so much time for, and I always will. Like and so I, successful as well. I think as well that speaks a lot about Man City too, because you know we know how FIFA esports at the time can go up and down. There was times where you know they were fantastic and e Premier League champions, and there was season where it was more difficult for both yeah. Ryan and Shells. But yeah, City, stuck with them. they did. They were very consistent with them. They were loyal. We we rarely ever see that level of loyalty in in competitive. FIFA, EAFC esports of contracts that go longer than a year and, and Man City did that. And just look at the Premier League in terms of clubs that are invested in an esports space. When we look at Spain and when we look at the Netherlands, we look at Germany, we are a long way away. Yeah. And like for, for the fact that Man City have always just been involved in the conversation and look, this year they've gone even bigger into the conversation too is just like it's just incredible. Yeah, it's massive. Like everything's just mate, look at what they've done with me. Like I was unknown and they've given me an opportunity to to host stuff with them and to do things with them. They don't have to do that. They're Man City. Like, regardless, they, they're literally, they're the treble winners. Like, they've won title after title. They can get whoever they want to host for them. But the fact that it stuck with me is just a, a testament to them. And it makes you genuinely love the club more. And it's the club I love, but it's, like, made me love the club more. So you're involved in the esports sort of structure yeah um when did it cross over to the real pitch 
Like, um, what would that transition? Because you're still involved with the esports team and you're still ingrained in that as a content creator, but now you are one of the leading presenters for Man City. Time frame wise, and how did that happen? Um, I actually did. The first thing I ever did with players was again through EA, which I think Will put me through to, and that was the player ratings video with Harlem when he'd first signed Ake. Cole Palmer, who's at Chelsea now. It's been FIFA and, 23? Uh, yes. Last and, year. And Grealish, yeah. yeah. And that was the first one I did, and that was, like, massive, like, really good opportunity. And, and like, obviously, I love FIFA, so I, I took it. Like, I tried. I was really nervous. Like, I was... My voice was... How do you deal with compose that? yourself in that situation? Oh, no, the first 20 seconds was, like, the worst thing I've ever done. I was stuttering. I had to re-record it. You know, like, it was horrendous. Um, And then, like, yeah, it was... Mate, I've never been in a studio environment before. Never had cameras on me like that. I'd only just been in my bedroom, so let alone have Erling Haaland come in and Grealish and Ake and stuff like that. But as I got into it, I just tried to like stamp myself on it, like try and make it fun, like I'm speaking to my mates, like I always do. Um, so anyway, I did that EA shoot, and then the live team is a guy called well, there's loads of them, but the, the main guy's a guy called Graham Graham Belshaw. What a legend, by the way. He's another one who's absolutely class. And then there's like a group of them, but I got a call off Ollie. On it was two days before the shoot. It was pre-season. They were playing in Houston. It's Bayern Munich, and they needed someone to cover the studio. And I'd like wanted to do it, but I didn't really think it was going to happen. So I think they had a cancellation. And Ollie was like, "Right, okay, they want you in the studio." I was like, "Yeah, yeah I'll do it. No worries." Not realizing the game was one a.m. UK time kickoff, and I was in a good routine where I was sleeping early. This, that, and the other. <laughs> so I went back. I watched the footage of a previous match day live. Like, just, like, studied how they did everything like that. Anyway, came to the studio, and then for the first time had an earpiece, um, which I've I'd never had before, by the way. And it was a lady called um, Kimbers, who is still there now. She's amazing. Like, she helped me through it. But everything went wrong that day. Like, game got called off because of the rain, like, the, the rain. So I was in the studio with Sean Gota. Just filling time. Filling time. I think at one point I was talking about the holes in Kyle Walker's socks. <laughs> Just to Are you just there thinking that it's gonna the game's gonna play or yeah. not? And you're just yeah. like, yeah, I'm sure the game's gonna kick well, off soon. Other yeah. side of the world, aren't you? So you don't really Yeah. You've yeah, got yeah. an idea what's happening, but you'll you if you get told FG, just get us some time please. Just, that's, that just was kill it. some like, time. Yeah, but Kimbers was in my vo- my my ear and obviously I'd never met her before and she was probably on the other end thinking, Who is this geezer coming in, not having a clue where to sit, what to do? Never been in a studio before, but she was amazing, like and I, I also owe so much to her as well. Um and the show the show went through and like I remember putting a picture up on my Instagram of me sat on the sofa in the red and black shirt and I just remember the amount of comments I got after it which was really really nice it was just so many City fans just saying like never seen you before but you're a breath of fresh air and I was like wow and then my dad as well my dad had stayed up and watched it and he was like that was like really really good I'm so happy for you but then obviously my dad being my dad has gave me some pointers which I was like thank you and then I thought nothing of it. I was like, oh, okay, that, that might be it. Like, just filled in. If I get to fill in again, I'll do it. That'll be cool. Um, and then I got given, like, opportunities, more opportunities to to do stuff later on in the season, which is in the studio in the stadium, which was unbelievable. And then, yeah, like, now they give me, like, pitch side and stuff. Which, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, like, mate, being there on Sunday at the Derby is just ridiculous. Like, what a feeling. What is it actually... Like again, when you are sat and, and you, you almost say your mates with Foden, 
and uh, Grealish. Like, you just sometimes think, what is my life become? Yeah, like when I went on tour, they took me on pre-season tour to, um, to Asia, and it was like, that was the moment where it probably really hit home. I filmed videos of them, so I did FG versus City last year, which was another EA thing where I played them on FIFA. But for that, that's like, I'll play anyone at FIFA. I'll give it a go. It's FC24 now, but it was FIFA then. And that video did really, really well. And the players, like, I think really enjoyed playing against me and stuff like that. But I still won. <laughs> a few of them won, yeah, to be fair. <laughs> a few of them won. But, like, yeah, it, I don't think... I mean, I wouldn't say I'm, like, best mates with them and mates with them, do you know what I mean? But it's nice that they obviously show me that, like, mm-hmm. level of humility to actually... I must be doing something reasonably right. I don't want anything from them, to be honest. I just want them to win. And then, I'm a City fan at the end of the day. I just want them to win. You, you got the, the handshake recently, I saw oh, as well, from the big dog. What, or, uh, you, you did, was it a shoot? I don't, yeah. Has that come out yet? Is uh, that still... Maybe when this podcast is out, it probably will be out, but I'm not sure. Um, it was something with Puma so and Pep. And I got told again, day before, I mean, the cancellation, we'd love you to do something with Pep. And I was like... Sorry? When you say do something <laughs> with Pep, like... Is he gonna be there? And they're like, "Yep." Yeah. I was like, "Say no more. I will be there." So you've so you've met Pep Guardiola. Yes. You've had chats with him. What's he like? And, oh, and, and and what's your what's your thoughts on him? I mean, no, like everything I thought has been like magnified because he is a genius. Like we watched like clips of stuff and and like he spoke through. That man is just an absolute genius. But with that being said, he's so nice, mate. Really. Like, as soon as the shoot finished, he was like, you're brilliant, mate. Nice to meet you. And then let's get a picture. Like, we'll get the pictures, this, that, and the other. And then, obviously, we play on the Sunday at Old Trafford. And I'm stood there, pitch side, just watching him walk past, thinking, oh, yeah, I shot with him yesterday. It's class. And he came up to me. So like, how are you, mate? Nice to see you. Shut my hand. Bro. <laughs> you're just looking around going, Bro. yeah, you, you know, you, Pep you have, knows me. You have a dinner next week with him? Mate, if he'd have seen me come off camera and start jumping like a madman after it happened, um, I feel like that's just the Man City way, though, you know? As mad as it sounds, everyone internally in that club, from players to coaches, they're all, like, so normal, even though they're geniuses. Do you think that comes from him, from Pep? Um, It makes sure there's a level of humility across... If you see I'm doing it, you act... Like me? Potentially, yeah. I don't really know what goes on in the dressing room yeah. directly, but what I will say is that every player I've encountered like, has been absolutely amazing with me, and they've been amazing with everyone who's come into City. Like, you rarely... Well, you don't hear of stories about players not being very nice, and even the coaches. Mm. Like, like, mate, the kit man, Brandon, who you've probably seen all over the internet, yeah. and Clithy and guys like that, they are genuine, really nice guys. But I think it just... It's just, I think everyone can see that. And I think that's why the club's so successful. Well, let's talk about, um, you know, what happened recently. You had the pleasure of basically Man City players building your own <laughs> FC24 Ultimate Team uh, item in the game. You had Haaland give you a rating. Foden as well was in there. Talk me through the experience. And more importantly, let us know what rating you got at the end of the, uh, <laughs> at the end of you speaking about um, it. Like, yeah, I think that's, again, it's just a testimony to what City have allowed me to do. Um, I asked Will about it. He's my go-to guy at City, and and he was fine with it. He was like, yeah, we'd love to do it. Let's film that, and let's film the FG versus City thing, and we'll do it quickly. And and to be honest, the players don't have to do that, you know. Like, they don't have to come on camera and, and help me out like they do and, and make content for me. They're fully aware that I'm a fan. 
they they are fully aware that I'm in the away end when I'm not working and stuff like that because they can see that when we signed a new player when I met Kovacic on tour I was so gassed like and it was mate it was surreal it was like they, they were genuinely really nice but they were funny as well and it's nice that they know they have that relationship with me where they can just rinse me so Rico of course Foden like they rinsed me so let's, Sean Wright Phillips gave me minus something pace I think so let's, let's go through it then so pace who yeah. gave you that uh, well, the lowest I got was literally Sean Wright Phillips, which was minus everything. So we'll we'll leave that out. But everyone else was reasonably nice. Um, I think Roger was like, I think, well, it was, Roger was like, no, there's no way you're getting like higher pace than me. And his pace was awful. And they were comparing it to theirs. So it worked quite well. Yeah. It was, it was I really think the, the Howling clip made me laugh when he's like, can you jump? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't jump. <laughs> he was like, and like, yeah, Grealish was like, can you dribble? And I was like, took you on. He went, oh, no. I think, <laughs> like, I think you sprinted somewhere as well. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I nearly fell over, yeah. So I'd say I had a hamstring injury, but yeah. You've watched this club for a long time. You're working with the club. You are, I would say, integrated within Man City yeah. at this point. How was it being in Istanbul, <sighs> seeing your team that you've you've watched all your, all your life? Your dad's watched at Main Roads, down, playing against Barnsley in League One, yeah. um, win the treble. I mean... Just talk about that firstly and then your opportunity after the game's finished to be on the pitch. Yeah, like, I mean, first things first, to win the Champions League is something that, I would, as a little little kid, just wanted to be in the Champions League. Like the Europa League, we played Hamburg when I was growing up in the UEFA Cup and stuff. But yeah, it just shows how far the club's come. It was like goosebumps, genuinely. And I still, to this day, think about it, like not even just the Champions League, but what we achieved in three weeks in a row. So we had like the Premier League where the players got their trophies and I got to interview a few of them pitside, which was ridiculous. The FA Cup, we were pitside again, same thing. Absolutely incredible opportunity. And then, yeah, the Champions League, which was just ridiculous, mate. Like, it was just insane. Like, I was literally speaking to De Bruyne on the pitch at the end of the game, just casually, just about... like, And obviously my dad was there as well, which was so nice. Like, the thing is that, again, with City is like, they all get it. Like, they, they literally all get it. Whoever I'm working with pit side, they get it. Like, I want to go and watch the game with my dad. Do you mind? No, man, do you think? Like, make sure you're back here five minutes before the end and have a great time. And then they'll be texting, like, texting me during the game. And, like, they, they just, I, I don't think, for me, like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not serious about anything. I can never be serious. And they actually embrace that. Mm. And I think EA do the same as well. They allow um, you to come across. It, well, that's it. Like, I don't want to work in a structure and stuff. I can't be serious. And City just get it, man. Like, they want me to be a fan at the same time. They don't stop me from going to various games, etc. And it's, yeah, mate. Istanbul was just incredible. And I got to touch the trophy as well, which is sick. Any, you know, great stories from that, that final in terms of, like, just interactions of players you had? Like, anything that was just... I think it was running on the pitch with Sean Wright Phillips and Steph Horton, you know. Because them two have been like heroes of mine for when I had a clothing company, I reached out to both of them. SWP aired me. <laughs> Steph actually wore the clothes. Um I think that was just the best moment, like genuinely celebrating with them, celebrating with all the live team that were out there. It was it was just a special moment. Like it was really, really good. It was nice for Rico as well and Nathan Ake as well, like 'cause they they were real they're just genuine, really nice people to see what they'd achieved and, and it was just nice, mate. It was just really, really good. Um, outside of the treble, because I feel as though that's going to be your 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 answer. Yeah. Um, 
some of the so what is the 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 best moment that you've had being a Man City fan? Were you in the stadium for the Aguero? Yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah, wow. I would say it was Aguero. So it probably wasn't that then. It was probably <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd probably say that's fair. It was Aguero by far. Um, but then again, actually, the final against Stoke, I was there as well. But yeah, yeah, that was the first trophy we'd ever won in my yeah, lifetime. Yeah, Torre, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd beaten United in the semi-final. We played Stoke. That yeah, yeah moment was up there. Albeit, I was in the gods. <laughs> like I was in the top team. That was the cheapest ticket, and it was that was a special one. But Aguero was incredible. Never had the opportunity to speak to someone who was actually there. A lot of people say they were there. Yeah, not many were. Um, what was that like? You, you go in, you two one down. I think it was Mackie. It went for, yeah. It was it was uh, was it Cisse as well? Cisse and Mackie uh, scored. I, I remember the Lescott header that went backwards. Yeah. He'd been unbelievable all season, and everything that could have gone wrong went wrong that day. And as a football fan, that's just typical City. That by the way, like that was genuinely just typical City. We had it a few years before it's when we played Spurs at home. We had Martin Fulop in goal and Kraut scored a header near post header. Yeah, and like. That was like another moment where I was like, oh, mate, that's one of the worst feelings. We nearly got Champions League. We had it before when Schwartz had saved Fowler's penalty when David James went up front. I was at that game as well. And that was to get into the, I think it was the Intertoto Cup, UEFA Cup, whatever. Like, yeah, mate, that was just probably the worst I've ever felt in the stadium. Whilst my phone's going off and I know that my mates are all red. And I was like, this is the worst. Jekko scored and I didn't even react. Didn't even react because I was like, oh, it's finished. Whatever. Did it feel like done. an out of body experience. When yeah, you sat there? yeah. It was just pure emotion. Like I think, I think I was sat in one one one, which is like the corner next to the away section, and it was just the wildest, like the maddest experience I think I've ever had. Um, it was just genuinely the best moment ever, and that was the change for City to be Premier League champions. Albeit we defended that title horrendously the next year, but it was incredible, mate. It was the best moment of my life. And sort of staying on the uh, the city topic, a couple of quick questions before Richard's big Buckley question. Um, nicest player at Man City, in your opinion? Um, well, as in like, oh, mate, do you know what? Genuinely, there's like three or four that I could say. I need one. I am going to say Nathan Ake. Best at... Th- FIFA or EAFC? Oh, Phil Foden. He's good. We've seen Phil Foden. We've commented on Phil Foden play before. Mm. Yeah, he beat me in foot champs once and danced on me and he's beaten me ever since, to be honest. So, <laughs> Phil's good. Phil's really good. Nice. It's that time of the Full 90 podcast. <laughs> Buckley's big question. You're a Man City fan. Yeah. Through and through. Mm-hmm. You're Man City, five aside. Oh, okay. Um, to be honest, mate, the easy answer here... It's just to be the current side. Like Carson in goal. I would, I'm going to go with the people that gave me the best memories. Yeah, I was going to say, right. not the people that you think the, the I'm best. I'm not going to say necessarily the you. best. My best memories. Joe Hart's the keeper. Um, Centre-back. It's, inter- it's an interesting one, right? Because I'd love to say, like... Don't say it. I'd love to, no, no. I'm going to say John Stones, you know, because because he's a footballer. But I was going to say, like, potentially maybe Dunny and Distan and... Richard all- Dunn always <laughs> speaks about Richard Dunn. He's got too many own goals, mate. It was, and I've got three left. Um, in midfield, I'm going to go David Silva. Um, and then I'm going to go Joey Barton. Okay. Yeah. Because he, mate, you know what? He's not, win the... he's not liked by City City fans very much, but he gave me some really good moments just by being there, dragging us up from scored a wonderful goal at home. I think it was Borough, maybe. And Samaras. Um, nah, I want to go Sean Wright Phillips. I've got to put Sean Wright Phillips in this team as well. Um, so 
I have to put, have to put Aguero in, mate. No, you know what? I'm taking Joey Barton out. He can sit on the bench. Sorry, mate. Manager. So, the best more Pep Guardiola, mate. No, Joey Barton, manager. No, no, no. Get him no, in no, the Pep team. Guardiola. Okay. Pep Guardiola takes Your that mate, Guardiola. Spot. My, my mate, Pep. Um, yeah, and then, but obviously, looking at that five-a-side team, if, it's the, if we were going off ability, it'd be like Edison, Vincent Company, David Silva, Kevin De Bruyne, Sergio Aguero. That would be my team. Then there's no Yaya, mate. We're so good. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're so good. And then who is the player that you've enjoyed watching the most and why is it David Silva? Um, magician. Like out of this world and we signed him at a time where we were like sort of not, well, nowhere near where we were. He came in, I remember the pre-season game, he was, he was playing and we were like, mm, but he's a magician. David Silva right now, like, oh my God, I'd put him in our team anytime, any place. That guy was just different level saying that we've got Kevin De Bruyne who for me probably will go down as our greatest greatest midfielder ever because his career's not finished yet and he's done so so much for us mm. sort of coming towards the end of the the, the podcast FC24 is here 700,000 followers presenting for Man City your, your Boyd club you're involved in esports now where where do you want to go what do you want to do next what um, what, what's the what's the plan? Yeah, like I mean, obviously the hosting was always one that I wanted to to you know level up on. I want to obviously build my YouTube. Still, I want to I want to create different type of content, real life content. But more importantly, I want to just keep enjoying myself. Like I'm genuinely just having fun, and I want to keep like making people smile. Like I've had so many people, especially when I'm at City, telling me how much they enjoy watching stuff and how much they like stuff and. That's that's literally all I want, mate. To be honest, I just want to keep making people smile and, and having fun. Five years from now, what what what's FG going to be? Is Hopefully gonna not be bald, mate. <laughs> Hopefully I'll still have hair. Um, nah, I won't be retired in five years. I hope not. Or cancelled. I hope not. Um, I hope to be just doing very much similar stuff, but maybe on a bigger scale. I mean, for me personally, it doesn't get much bigger than Man City. If it, if they to only sign a lifetime contract, probably would. Like genuinely, but like in terms of the presenting, like working with EA is amazing, working with JD's amazing, but who knows where else that could take. I mean, he makes me pep now, get your coaching badges. Yeah, probably, probably he's number two. Team. Yeah, <laughs> he won't want that, mate. We won't win a game. Do you think there's been like, you know, in the nicest way, a lot of a lot of presenters now and a lot of media people are coming from TikTok and gaming and stuff. Do you think it's given you like another le level of like legitimacy to your craft as well? Uh, yeah, potentially. Being, like you come from being in a nice way a pack opener. Yeah, you know, absolutely, to, man. To like being a presenter and a host, bro. Like all these guys who are doing a thing on TikTok, social media, keep doing it, man. Like you guys are the reason that I'm in this position. Mm. Like, like you said, it's the validity validity of it. There's so much talent like out there, and there's so much opportunity for everybody. Um, so yeah, mate, absolutely. I, I, whenever I see people on social media doing that, I love it. Just keep going. You never know what could happen. FG, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Mate, this is sick, by the way. This place is unreal. Thanks for coming it down. Surreal. Thank you for having a, me. Bit of a trek on the trains, but we made it work in hey, the end. It's always <laughs> worth it. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you guys for everything as well. No, no worries. We cannot wait to work for you uh, this year. Work on... for me? No, <laughs> no, no, no. no. That's working out. <laughs> we can't wait to work with you. No, you I'm, I'm, yeah, we're going to have a lot of special memories together, hopefully. So thank you guys. Amazing. Well, that's been the full 90 podcast, and that's been the story of Faraz AK. This is FG. What a podcast, what a story, and, and more importantly, what a man. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 